Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. My name is Jim Burns, and we are here to talk about the difficulties and the trials and the, di- and the problems that we are experiencing today, whether it be in our culture, in the home. Uh, it doesn't matter where it is. It just seems to be all around us. And it's been, you know, getting a, a bit worse, and we, we're looking to try and find some solutions. And we're going to discuss a variety of topics. Bullying is the big one, but right now many people are experiencing other problems. As I just uh, shared, domestic violence, workplace bullying, cyberbullying, community and family bullying, and the list goes on. And often when I speak with people, I discovered that they seem to be having trouble with the people that are closest to them in their lives, like their parents or their siblings. People become angry and bitter and just don't realize that there's a choice, and it can be just as easy to develop love, joy, peace, and patience as it is to be angry, bitter, and vengeful. Now, this podcast is designed for anyone who wants to have a fuller, more vibrant life and to offer some ideas on how to balance the physical, mental, emotional, and at times spiritual areas of their life. But make no mistake about it, we're anti-bullying 101, so it's truly my hope that we can help everyone live a life without the fear of harassment, intimidation, and bullying. Now, I don't know how long ago it was, but I started writing an article, and it was called Everybody Knows. And I covered 10 things in there that we all know in education. We all know it. There's, there's no question about it. We're all aware of it. You know, and, but for some reason or another, nothing gets done about it. And I ended up taking the 10 things that I had written about, and I created a 10-hour course around those 10 things. And it's very basic. And what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be taking all of the content from that course 
and I'm going to be putting it into a series of uh, presentations. So you'll have 10 presentations on each one of the, the topics. And then what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be sharing with you a solution documents for each one of the, um, the items that I spoke about. So you're going to get the problem, you're going to get the solution, and I'm also going to provide for you a, a um, solutions presentation. So within this course, <coughs> excuse me, you're going to have three different things, a presentation, a solution document, and a solution presentation. Now, right now, this course is available and I'm going to be and it's in the store and I'm going to be putting a link to the course and I am going to because I'm going to be doing something new with this I am going to be selling this 10-hour course which means 10 hours of professional development time for anyone that takes it I'm going to be selling it for 19.99 19.99 that's absolutely dirt cheap now look at I'm not in this to make money I'm in this to try cuz I'm not making any money I'm in this to try and help people overcome issues related to bullying and other issues that teachers are experiencing in schools that are horrible. No student, no teacher should experience any abuse while they're in that classroom with somebody else's kids. And I've shared it before, the last time I looked, giving a teacher the finger was not a condition, it's learned behavior. So I'm going to take this podcast and I'm going to go over these 10 topics. Now remember, the course is titled Everybody Knows. So everybody knows this stuff, but they don't know what to do about it. So let's take a look at topic one. And I'll just preface each one of these with the comment everybody knows. Now, everybody knows that disrespect is pervasive in society. And it's that's very true. I mean, you can't even go into a store and have someone get upset and not have someone get upset because the line's too long. They take it out on a clerk. Uh, all kinds of different things. And the stakes have been raised. We're disrespectful to police, to teachers, and so on. Students aren't corrected for it. And they become adults who believe they can say and do whatever they want. Saying what you want is not freedom of speech. Saying what you ought is more like it. And, and freedom of speech is not the freedom to say what you want, but the wisdom to say what you ought to say. Teachers become fearful when they try to correct kids. Teachers complain about it, but no one talks about the problem. Why? Because this fear basically ascends the ranks in school administration and even the superintendent live in the fear of an irate parent. No one confronts, everybody runs. The schools are controlled by 20% of the parents with the biggest mouth and the most threatening attitudes and behaviors. That's the, that's the first topic. Now, within that topic, you're going to get a presentation, you're going to get some solutions to this problem, and then you're going to get a solution presentation. 
you're going to have this entire course for 1999 before I convert it over. Number two, everybody knows no one has self-control. And nobody does. Just take a look around you. One in four homes are in foreclosure. We could blame that on the banks, I guess. Everybody wants something bigger and better. And to get bigger and better, the money has to be made to get it unless the bank doesn't care. But in the final analysis, the decision is made by the buyer. Teenage obesity, diabetes, addiction, alcoholism are all evidence of the lack of self-control. And now let's talk about one other fast thing here. When you, and I spoke about it in the intro, when you become bitter and it stays, anger is fleeting, bitterness is continuous, it's there all the time. And the more stress you get placed under, the easier it is to be angry at somebody. And we usually take out that anger on um, our loved ones. That's what we usually do. And I find it amazing that that's, you know, how we can do that without conscience. Society has lost control of its thoughts, its words, and its action. And what produces a people with self-control? Consequences do. There has to be consequences for people who lose control. Unfortunately, many people are sitting in a leaking boat right now and are experiencing the consequences of a lack of self-control. That's a biggie, folks. People don't understand how dangerous a lack of self-control is. And we have to be aware of it. I mean, do you have control? I mean, sometimes I lose control of myself. I know that. I can. That happens to me. But the bottom line is, you got to be aware of it. You got to be aware when you're going in for extra food or you're drinking too much or you're smoking too much. As an example, I only spent, I'm going to say, 10 years. Maybe not even that. Maybe five, six, seven years smoking cigarettes. I started smoking cigarettes when I was going through a divorce. And I went from one pack a day to five packs. And I didn't care because it wasn't bothering me. The cigarettes hadn't caught up to me yet. And I was smoking my brains out. And then I stopped because my blood pressure went up. And I started to find other things to do like smoke cigars, you know, and other things. But I stopped smoking cigarettes. I go in for a checkup, and they find out that I my coronary artery calcium score, which is the calcium that is built up in your arteries over a period of time, which can be between 0 and 400, was 2,700. And I had to go in right in for a catheterization, get checked. They found that because I was also very, very that we were able to keep the calcium out of the lumen of the artery, which is the opening of the artery. But the bottom line, I had lost control of myself for several years, smoked my brains out, didn't think it was going to get to me. It got to me. And smoking will harden your arteries. 
It will harden your arteries. And you ha if you are smoking, quit. I mean, I, look, I smoked cigars even after I smoked cigarettes. And I want to tell you something. I loved them. I loved them. But I finally realized that I couldn't continue to smoke them because, first of all, I stopped enjoying them. Second of all, they were, they were affecting my breathing. So I had to quit. How did I quit? I quit. I stopped everything. Was it hard? Yes. The mornings were tough. The evenings were tough. Through the day, I was okay. But boy, when you like cigars and you like smoking and you have to stop, you don't want to be in that position, boy. I'll tell you that right now. Because it is extremely painful. Now I'm all right. But I can't tell you that if I go over to my brother-in-law's house and he has a cigar, that the smell isn't going to get to me. So the bottom line, bottom line is control yourself. Control yourself. And you're going to get a presentation on this one along with the solutions document. Next one, hour three or topic three. Everybody knows that we've medicalized education. We've gotten to the point where meds are the first choice in treating behavior problems, not the last. Now, medication has proven to help kids with ADD or ODD. But if you talk to any therapist, they'll tell you that medication in combination with therapy is the plan that nets the best results. In schools, meds are relied on too heavily and need to be used in combination with solid discipline and effective consequences. I mean, and realistically, just as an aside here, where were ADHD and ODD 40 years ago? They didn't exist where they weren't invented yet, so they weren't an available condition. Kids with behavior problems that th back then were few and far between. Authority was respected by parents and students. But what happens when we discover that disrespect is now the norm and not the exception? We try and create a condition to support the behavior. So if a kid acts up today, it's usually attributed to the fact that he doesn't take his medication consistently when in reality, he's not disciplined effectively. That's topic three. And once again, you'll get a presentation, a solutions document, and a solutions presentation. This is, this is going to be in the store. Number four, everybody knows the statement, I like you but don't like your behavior is a lie. Be honest. You don't like the kid. Can we be honest about that? A kid acts up in class, gives you a hard time, all kinds of stuff going on. The truth is we're measured by our behavior and that kid has gotten under your skin. And what everyone has to realize, or everybody has to know, is that they own their behavior. You are your behavior. Like me, but not in my behavior, why don't you knock it off? Because if somebody were to give you a hard time, and you ran into them in the faculty room, you'd probably walk out of the faculty room. Faculty room. 
There's some adults that we don't like because of their behavior. We might be married to one. So are kids any different? The truth is, I don't like you because of your behavior, and I go home every night praying that you take the next day off. Now, with this one, you're getting presentations, solutions, exploring some myths, how adults deal with this. You're going to get a podcast on teaching respect and a podcast on teaching change. This is what's coming to you in this in this course. And I'm going to be changing it around. So this is it's not going to be up there for $19.99 for very long. Now, next one. Where am I? Everybody knows that years ago all we wanted was for a kid to obey. Now it's the last thing we get. As a matter of fact, disobedience has become a dirty word, and I've experienced this. These educational gurus who've spent their time attacking education from a theoretical standpoint but never really spent any time interacting in a classroom with a group of wild kids liken the word obedience to dog training. The fear that will destroy the creative side of a kid's brain by not allowing him to choose and by forcing obedience. That's going to destroy their creative side of their brain. Alright, so you know what I did? I changed the word from compliance to obedience. You know the definition of, of uh, I change it from obedience to compliance. You know what that definition is? The the of, of obedience, doing what you're told, when you're told to do it. Doing what you're told, when you're told to do it. Wouldn't isn't that nice? Wouldn't it be nice in a classroom for a kid when you ask him to sit down, he just sits down. Wouldn't that be nice? I think that'd be great. The problem is, the problem is, kids want to defy us. They don't want to just sit down. They have to sit down on their own terms. And that's where the problem comes in. I left the New Jersey Turnpike one day and I read the sign. It says, you've left the New Jersey Turnpike. This sign was posted. You have left the New Jersey Turnpike. Obey local speed laws. How about that? Hmm? And that's after you pay the toll, right? Obey local speed laws. I got news for you folks. Obedience has a place in our culture. We just don't want to we just don't want to omit it. There is a place for it. And we have to be aware of it. Now let's take a look at topic five. Everybody knows that years ago, the only thing we... Okay, didn't, now that was topic five. We're going to go to topic six. How about that? Topic six. Everybody knows that we lie to kids. We lie to kids. And... Unfortunately, what we've done is we've inflated their grades. Today, kids feel good about themselves for no apparent reason. You know, we give them good grades because we don't want to affect their self-esteem. It's almost impossible to be left back, and if a kid has low test scores, the teacher usually gets the blame. 
So we let the kid know that he's doing great academically, inflate the grade, and give him a false sense of his academic ability. But don't you worry, my friends. Someone is going to tell this kid, you know, that he's not doing too good, like when he's trying to get into college. And they're going to say, hey, wait a minute, you know what, you're not as smart as everyone told you you were. Then for sure, everybody's going to know, including him. We've inflated grades, and we've given kids a false sense of their academic ability. That's something that, you know, we can't have that. We just can't have it. You're doing a kid a disservice. He needs to know what he needs to work on. He must know. Now, topic seven. Everybody knows that our excuses are built around circumstances, environmental and genetic circumstances. Crimes get committed and circumstances always brought up. Tough upbringing or he was raised on the wrong side of the tracks or just two excuses used. We're determined. That's who we are and we can't change. Circumstances only influence. They don't determine behavior. If you provide enough excuses for anyone, they'll provide you with the evidence to support your belief. And teachers, the teachers have been forced to excuse behavior by a dysfunctional system, a system that's been shoehorned into education by a dysfunctional society. Everybody knows. Always remember, as I go through these, the boat is leaking. And we don't even know it. I've watched this now these compromises for 30 years. As a matter of fact, it was part of the reason why I got out and decided to do consulting work and some college work. Because they, no one, they just stopped listening. That's all there is to it. Everybody knows that parents need parenting. The question is who's going to do it? And after speaking to hundreds of parents about their children, what I discovered was they don't talk to their own parents. How about that? The parents of the kids that I'm dealing with, they're not talking to their own parents. And they lack discipline skills. And it is a known fact. A known fact, folks. That if you have difficulty with your parents, there is going to be a lack of a knowledge base that helps you raise your own kids and make decisions in your own life because you never really got the information and you're still angry at your parents. They lost, they're so angry and they're so lost that they take out their rage on their own kids. Three generations of dysfunction. Everybody knows it, we talk about it, but no one knows what to do about this disaster that's going on right now. That was number eight. Number nine, kids don't fear anything today. 
As a matter of fact, parents fear their kids more than the kids fear their parents. Systemic discipline is just a slap on their wrist in a dysfunctional school fight. And, and you know, let me back up there. Uh, systemic discipline is just a slap on their wrist and dysfunctional schools fight dysfunctional families. While all this is going on, you know what's happening. The kids are watching. They laugh and say and do what they want without any real consequence. The goal of a kid, even in a household, is to get mom and dad arguing so that they can just go off and do what they want. And number 10, everybody knows that kids have lost their ability to get along and rapidly are becoming adults who have matured physically but not emotionally. Society has been taught to disagree but with the wrong attitude. So don't disagree with me or guess what, I'm not going to like you. Disagreements are things that get walked away from because of the fear of conflict. And I've often said it, the worst conversations that you can have are the ones that you think you had. The idea that a productive conflict could exist and the two parties involved could leave enough space between them for a disagreement is too tough to imagine because egos are just too big. Win-win can't happen because someone always has to win and someone always has to lose. Now, here's the hard part. Don't talk too loud because someone's going to hear you. And even your whispers will get back to the wrong person. Like your boss who will muzzle you and make sure that you always walk the line of political correctness. Everybody knows that we're all victims of bullies and we will be for a lifetime. And we are always going to fear man. We're just going to fear the man with the power. And he will determine how intense that fear is going to be. Everybody knows that bullying is an intergeneration, is intergenerational, and for it to go away, which it never will, it's not about the 20% of the kids who bully right now in our schools and communities. It's about what they have become as adults. Everybody knows. Now, there is a summation at the end of this. I give you a concluding podcast. I give you the Haunted House video, which is fantastic. And I give you Significant Others video cast. And then I also give you um, discussion questions that you can use with your, with your fellow teachers. Now remember, folks, this is going to go away. I'm putting this thing up there right now because I really believe that um, uh, this is worth it. It is totally worth it, without a doubt. And I think you all will enjoy it as a, a short course. And you get a certificate of completion when you're done for 10 hours of professional development time. I'm going to be condensing this into a, um, 
lecture packet and I'm going to be taking this entire course uh, and we're going to um, put it in the store. It's going to be in the store uh, when you listen to this podcast. It'll be available there for you to purchase, $19.99. It's a self-study. If you have trouble with any of the links, let me know. You just have to email me. I'll, I'll leave my you know. Well, you'll all know my email address. This is Education's 800-pound gorilla that's in the room that nobody's paying attention to. It's a 10-hour self-study course. I would make sure that you grabbed it. I would. Well, my name is Jim Burns, and this has been my first podcast in about two weeks. I'd gone up to the Adirondacks. It was beautiful up there. And I've been teaching. Uh, I taught last week, and I taught the week before. Plus, we've been doing... Uh, the uh, the company that I work for, the Regional Training Center, uh, we've been doing podcasts for them, uh, which I think is necessary to get the word out because they are a tremendous company who does a, a great deal of wonderful work and helps students in many ways. Um, I also uh, want to make you aware that... Uh, we're going to be doing other interviews on the, the Regional Training Center. If anyone wants to be interviewed on this podcast and give me some information about how they've overcome bullying, give us some strategies, whatever the case may be, drop me a line. Drop me a line. I'm going to leave my email at the end of this um, in the episode description. Drop me a line, and please, you are more than welcome to come on. And we'll talk about bullying uh, together. And you can share your success story. Or maybe it's not so much of a success story, but you want to communicate your information to other people. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. I right now am in Manahawkin, New Jersey. South Jersey. Down by the Jersey Shore. We're just 30 miles north of Atlantic City. We're seven miles west of Long Beach Island. We're surrounded by water. We love it here. It's 95 degrees out. It's hot. It's hot here today. It's going to be hotter tomorrow. But whatever it is, I want to make sure that you guys just carry that weather around with you. Because you got to keep that smile on your face. You can't be doom and gloom. There's a lot of stuff that's kicking right now in our culture in our government, with people. Like I said, there's a lot of angry people out there, and and we just have to make sure that we keep our head above water, we keep our chest out, and we stay proud for who we are. Be respectful, be responsible, and make sure that you let everybody know around you that you love them, because that's important. Remember uh, Neil Young's song, Old Man, it doesn't mean that much to you to mean that much to me. Always realize how much you mean to other people. Because I will tell you this, you, my listeners, my students, people that I work with, mean a great deal to me. And I want to make sure that you know that. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. Thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101.